The Blunt Post with Vic. Good morning, happy Monday, and welcome to The Blunt Post with Vic. I am your host, Vic Jaramie, the editor and publisher of The Blunt Post. The Blunt Post with Vic is a program that covers national, regional, and local headline news, offers analysis and commentary, and I interview members of Congress, local elected officials, and other high-profile public figures. Good morning. Thank you for joining us on The Blunt Post with Vic. Uh, Later on the show, uh, you will hear my interview with Joel Tenney who is a remarkable evangelist, a reverend, and a human rights uh, activist from Iowa. This is The Blunt Post with Vic on KPFK 90.7 FM. I am your host, Vic Jarami, here in the studio with my producer, Ricky Herrera. Good morning, Ricky. Good morning, Vic. Good morning, KPFK listeners. Big shout out to everyone who's donated so far during our fall fund drive. We are a listener-sponsored radio station, and we cannot do this without you. Absolutely. Since 1959, we have relied on our listeners to keep KPFK uh, commercial-free and independent so that we can bring you the type of programming that you're accustomed to. So um, please donate uh, whatever you can. You can go to kpfk.org, but more about that later. So Ricky, you know that I only do the let's get blunt segment whenever I'm super passionate about something. And today I am, and I do have uh, something to say. First, I want to say that uh, what's happening in in Israel and Palestine is absolutely devastating. Uh, Like most things like this, it's the innocent civilians that suffer the most while the military industrial complex uh, profits. What I want to talk about is hypocrisy. Here's the thing. You know, three years ago, Azerbaijan, with help from Turkey, Russia, and Israel, um, orchestrated a genocidal assault, an ethnic cleansing, and invaded the Republic of Artsakh. And the world was silent. The world is still silent. There was barely any media coverage. In fact, a lot of people who are listening are probably saying, what is he talking about? And yet... About a year later, when Ukraine was invaded by uh, Russia, uh, rightfully so, there was a lot of coverage, incredible amount of coverage and attention. So one sort of uh, wonders why. Why weren't the Armenians worth the attention uh, and reporting and all of that? Uh, Of course, one of the simpler answers is that Azerbaijan Uh, is a huge supplier of oil and gas to the world, especially to the West. So uh, everyone wants to appease the authoritarian regime. So this was the first uh, hypocrisy of that. The other thing is uh, this, when you you look at uh, the nations that facilitated the Artsakh genocide, we know that Turkey is you know, basically partnered with Azerbaijan. So we expected that. We also know the evil of Putin and Russia and the the havoc and chaos that they create and what they uh, what Putin's ambitions for control of the region have done. But what's really um, upsetting and uh, worth looking at is Israel, Israel's hypocrisy. Now, Israel is a nation that knows genocide all too well. In fact, uh, Armenians and Israelis have a lot in common through millennia of of being um, persecuted and having gone through 
uh, pogroms and genocides and such. And yet it was, you know, it was surprising that Israel has been uh, helping Azerbaijan for years with uh, military intelligence, even lobbying in D.C., uh, and helped Azerbaijan to uh, invade Artsakh. And the end result, which basically came to a complete, complete completion three weeks ago, the Artsakh genocide. Now, according to the Stockholm International Peace Research Institute, Israel supplied 60% of all Azerbaijan's arms er, imports between 2015 and 2019. Among them uh, are the Sandcat uh, armored car and several rifle models. As a senior source in the Israeli military told the Asia Times on October 14th, Azerbaijan would not have been able to continue its operation at the level uh, without our support, meaning Israel's support. Israeli-made cluster bombs also appeared in Artsakh uh, in a statement on October 5th and 23. Amnesty International and Human Rights Watch stated that on multiple occasions, the Azerbaijani military had fired Israeli-produced M195, DPICM, and LAR-160 cluster munitions at residential areas of the city. So here's the hypocrisy. Israel complains that Turkey and Iran are uh, supplying arms and weapons uh, to Hamas. So then why is Israel doing the same exact thing uh, with Azerbaijan and supplying them with, with uh, the most sophisticated weaponry that were used to slaughter and massacre thousands of Armenians, over 6,000 in the last three years, and the loss of Repu the Republic of Artsakh. And now 100,000 Armenians are refugees. So we have to look at, you know, we have to look at this bigger picture and say, if you're going to preach to the world about something, make sure that you're sort of doing the same exact thing. Because you can't have one policy for yourself and a completely different policy for others. Of course, when I say Israel, I mean the state of Israel, the regime. This is not something that reflects on uh, all the people of Israel, obviously. But I also want to talk about another hypocrisy. <clears throat> now, we're hearing from the uh, Muslim leaders, uh, quote-unquote leaders, um, Arab nations, etc., about atrocities being committed uh, against the Palestinians, etc., and all of that. And again, I have nothing but sympathy for both sides, all the civilians, all the innocents. But I have, <laughs> I have a problem with some of these uh, so-called leaders in these Mus Muslim nations and Arab nations, because where were you for the, just the last three years when Armenians who are Christian are being slaughtered by Azerbaijan? And all of you were definitely silent. Where were you when 1,600-year-old monasteries and churches and cemeteries and institutions uh, that are Armenian, that are Christian, are demolished by Azerbaijan in their attempt of cultural genocide? Did any one of you make noise? Did any one of you say anything? But when an Iraqi girl in Sweden burnt a Koran, which I disagree with, there was all this outcry. And yet when Armenian churches that were built in the in the fourth, fifth, sixth century are turned into 
mosques are demolished when when uh, an Azerbaijani gets on top of a church and knocks down the, the cross, yelling Allah Akbar, meaning God is great in Arabic. Where is your outcry there? Why the hypocrisy? So if you're going to criticize Israel, look at what you're doing or not doing in this um, in this scenario. So let's get blunt. Let's talk about these things that most people don't want to talk about. Most people don't want to um, point out uh, because without uncovering it and putting a light on it, it's just going to continue. As we speak, Armenia is under threat, is under threat of uh, from Azerbaijan. Even Secretary Blinken has warned that uh, there's a there's a great chance that Armenia would be attacked in the next week or two. And and this is an attack that again, uh, a lot of Israeli military equipment and weapons uh, is going to be used for this. So let's look at all that's going on and look at it objectively and not just blame the other side. So there it is. Let's get blunt. The Blunt Post with Vic. Joel Tenney is an uh, evangelist, reverend, and a staunch human rights activist. Uh, he is also the founder, president, and uh, executive chairman of Alpha Numa Ministries. Uh, married and a father of five children, Joel has dedicated the last three years to the Armenian cause, was recently a witness to the Artsakh genocide, and works tirelessly to bring attention to Azerbaijan's crimes against humanity and the Armenian people. Good morning, Reverend Tenny. Thank you for being on the Blunt Post with Vic this morning. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Well, it's good to have you. I know I gave you a formal introduction, but I think you and I are are less formal now that I can call you Joel, I believe, correct? That's correct, yes. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a long time coming uh, for you to be on, on the show. I admire your work, uh, you know, tremendously. Just watching you and, and everything that you do, um, along with your wife, because I believe, uh, you know, it, it's it's a it's a couple's sacrifice. Yeah, and you live in uh, Iowa. That's correct. Yes, with, and you have five kids. Yes, five <laughs> children. Yeah, it's crazy. That's wow, wow. Oh, my hat is off to you. Let's just first talk about your work. I mean, you know, as far as, you know, you're as a reverend, the the things that you do, I know you travel a lot and you speak and things like that. So just sort of describe your, your work in a nutshell. Yeah, my work essentially. Okay. I have a couple facets of my work. Um, I volunteer as a medical chaplain for the University of Iowa Hospital in uh, Iowa City, Iowa. I'm also an evangelist, so I preach the gospel, which means I preach the message of Jesus, his life, his death, and resurrection to those who don't know him. And I also teach on the Bible throughout the world, not just in the United States, but in other nations, wherever I'm invited to speak. I do a lot of public speaking, so I travel a lot for ministry. Um, I've preached the gospel in 30 countries around the world. In the last three years so i stay very busy uh when i'm in the states i'm usually uh, ministering in churches or uh, preaching the gospel in the streets 
I do street evangelism. I baptize people in Santa Monica. I go on Santa Monica Pier, preach the gospel, and then say, hey, whoever wants to be baptized, let's just do it here now. It's a perfect location. And right here uh, in L.A. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm in L.A. about seven times a year. And uh, when I'm not uh, traveling, preaching, I'm usually in the hospitals praying for the sick. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, I'm a volunteer chaplain, so it gives me the opportunity to um, just kind of have my own schedule. But I'm also on call, so if they don't have a chaplain to assist a patient or uh, let's just say somebody uh, can't find a chaplain or a pastor to come visit them, uh, they can contact me. And then I will literally fly out to anywhere in the Midwest just to pray for patients because I believe in the power of prayer. I, I see what prayer can do. Absolutely. You and I um, got to know each other. Right? We found out about each other uh, because of your work for uh, the Armenians in general. Uh, you've been to Armenia and uh, Artsakh many times in the last three years, and you've been an advocate for the people and what was happening there, uh, which ended up, uh, as some of us knew, was coming as a full-scale genocide that was perpetrated by Azerbaijan with help from a few other nations. And the loss of Artsakh, uh, homeland of many Armenians for millennia, uh, and, and the loss of churches, monasteries, cemeteries, and other monuments that, that go back, the Christian ones all the way back to the fourth century, and others even longer than that. If you can tell us like how you got into it, how did you find out uh, about Armenians? Yeah. I'll just be honest with you, Vic. It came through prayer. Sounds crazy to a lot of people, but in my specific field and in my belief and religion, this is kind of normal to have experiences with the Lord. And the Lord called me specifically and my wife uh, to sell our possessions back in 2020 and to give the money that we had to the Armenians. This was at the outbreak of the 2020 Nagorno-Karabakh War. And as you know, within 44 days, 5,000 Christian Armenian soldiers were killed defending their homeland. Uh, also, many civilians were killed as well. And so it's, uh, that, that's how it started. That was the call from the Lord just to do this. And um, it's a supernatural love that my wife and I have for the Armenian people. We actually just recently had our fifth child. Uh, her name is Pearl, and we gave her the name Ani. Ani is the historic Armenian city of a thousand churches, a city that was completely sacked and destroyed uh, because of Christian persecution against the Armenians. And the reason why we gave her the middle name Ani is so that in our house and in our family, whenever we call her name, we will never forget the persecution that the Armenians have suffered and that the persecution that they suffer still today. And I can only say that this is a supernatural love that comes from the Lord. And my wife and I are doing what we can, but we're just two individuals from Iowa. And um, we're not a huge organization or we don't work in government or anything like that. So we can't do a lot. But if it means selling our possessions or giving our savings or working over there uh, to help the people, you know, we're going to do what we can, and we've been doing what we can for the last three years. Well, I'll tell you, you've 
you and your wife have done more than multiple international organizations and agencies combined. Um, I've seen it with my own eyes. I know the impact. I know the reach you have, the passion. Um, I've been in awe uh, of the things that you do. If you're just joining us, this is The Blunt Post with Vic on KPFK 90.7 FM. I am your host, Vic Jarami. You are listening to my interview with uh, Joel Tenney, a, a remarkable reverend, evangelical reverend, who is also a human rights activist. You know, in 1915, uh, during the first Armenian genocide, uh, Armenians found themselves sort of completely neglected and ignored. World War One was going on, so the world was distracted, and and so the Armenian genocide happened, and we thought <laughs> that was behind us. You know, back then they, we didn't have phones, we didn't have cameras all over the place, and to think that in 2023 another Armenian genocide took place, this time while the world watched in real time <laughs> on social media and didn't do anything. It's it's been, you know, I've gone through different emotions of of sadness and anger and confusion, but I think the one that I feel most is disbelief that this actually happened, and especially when you compare it to when other nations and people are attacked, how the world selectively chooses their sympathy for them or the media chooses right. to cover those it's um it's the the difference and the bias and the double standard is so staggering that you can't ignore it if we remember just back to december 12th of, of uh 2022 uh there was a blockade that was imposed by azerbaijan at the latin corridor and they systematically starved the people of artsakh the armenian people um for 10 months and beginning in this summer uh you know i literally thought the blockade was going to go away i would have never dreamed in a million years that the armenian people would be exiled from their homeland and <clears throat> if i'm going to be honest with you vic i acted late um with the whole issue because uh like many others we did not expect it to go on as long as it did and when I saw that it continued to go on, you know, for five, six months, I started to get involved and I contacted my local representatives. I went to our capital in Iowa and eventually went to the United States Capitol uh, to speak with congressional representatives, senators uh, and people working directly uh, with the Nagorno-Karabakh issue, the Latin Corridor blockade. And I was over there at the Latin Corridor, as you know, and, and, and filmed a little bit over there and actually sang an old Armenian uh, hymn written by Gomitas. Yes. Um, and, you know, I want to say this, and I want to be careful how I word this, but I just want to be candid. The more I besought our elected officials over this summer, uh, to act on behalf of the Armenian people living in Artsakh, the more I became convinced of some sort of international conspiracy against this ethnic minority because of the failure to act. Uh, I believe America has their own invested interests in uh, the territory, 
as well as their own uh, invested interest with Azerbaijan. And um, yep. unfortunately, the sacrifice on the altar here is the Armenian people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you nailed it. You nailed it. I mean, it's when you look at the nations and powers that be that were involved, when you look at the silence of agencies that we Americans pay into, the United States pays the UN more than any other nation. That's about 20 billion a year. And when you right. when you see how they were utterly silent, and they still are, uh, except for some little optics, PR damage control, things that they do to say that we're doing something. When you looked at European Union, how they uh, pander and appease uh, Aliyev and uh, UK Parliament and OSCE and CSTO and right and on and on and on. I mean, you just go, is there, you know, are they blind? Well, you know, I, I had a meeting with former Vice President Mike Pence in Mount Pleasant, Iowa, when he came to visit uh, the old Thrasher's reunion. It's a little uh, farm kind of festival that they have every year here. It goes back over 100 years. But no one knew he was going to be in town. He just showed up. And my wife says, oh, look, there's a former vice president. Why, why don't you go talk to him? And so I went over to him and I said, Mr. Uh, vice President, thank you for your service to our country. Um, I just want to thank you uh, for your work uh, under the administration, Trump administration. And I said, um, do you know what's going on in Artsakh? And he said, fill me in. So I told him what was happening to the people. And uh, he assured me that he was going to do something. And his brother was a congressman and he would speak to congressional leaders uh, and then gave me his contact info. And I wrote a very long letter to the former vice president with stipulations of what I'd like to see take place, such as sanctions against Azerbaijan for their war crimes and, and atrocities against the Armenian people. And a number of other uh, things that I would like to see take place regarding uh, America's stance on this terroristic regime. Biden never got back to me. And when I went to the Nagorno-Karabakh hearing in Washington, D.C. at the Capitol, something really interesting took place. I met with former uh, prosecutor in the International Court, Luis Ocampo, and uh I met also Chris Smith, who was the uh, speaker in charge of the hearing, the head speaker, and uh, David Phillips. And the letter that I had written to former Vice President Pence was actually entered into the record. So I want to say that I'm just one person and there's not a lot that I can do. But you'd be surprised how much you can do as one individual. Absolutely. And uh, the Lord has seemed to open up a lot of doors for me to advocate for the Armenian people. And my advocacy, I would say, was probably birthed from uh, my my childhood. I mean, I went on the March for Life in Washington, D.C. at 13 years old. Uh, I'm, I'm pro-life, and that means all life, including the Armenians, especially the Armenians. And me as a Christian, when I look at the apostles in the New Testament church, Something that is so beautiful and astounding to me is that here are these Jews from Jerusalem. You got Bartholomew and you have Jude and you have uh, St. Thomas, the apostle. 
Ananias, who baptized Paul, all of these guys went to Armenia to preach the gospel, which means the kingdom of Armenia was on the hearts of the apostles. It was on the heart of the apostolic church. They got direction from the Lord to go there and, and preach the gospel. At the time, the Armenians were mostly Zoroastrian, but they had some Hindu temples there as well at this time. And I mean, Armenia wouldn't really become a fully Christian nation till 300 years later uh, in 301. But my point is that uh, if I want to be apostolic in my walk as a Christian, you know, I, I want to I want to beat for what the I want my heart to beat for what the apostles hearts beat for. And that nation was Armenia. So for me, there's nothing better I could do than to help the Armenian people. Well, that was a, that was a really nice crash course for people who uh, didn't know about the genesis of Christianity in Armenia, um, starting with, as you said, the two apostles and then Armenia being the first nation to adopt uh, Christianity as state religion. If you're just joining us, this is The Blunt Post with Vic on KPFK 90.7 FM. I am your host, Vic Jarami. You are listening to my interview with uh, Joel Tenney, a, a remarkable reverend, evangelical reverend, who is also a human rights activist. We are in Fundrive, so we're going to be doing this for the month of October. Uh, as you know, KPFK is dependent on our listeners to keep the station alive and thrive so that we can bring you this kind of programming, uh, this uh, the kind of programming that you're accustomed to. Uh, so please donate. You can call 818-985-5735 or go to kpfk.org and stay tuned for my interview with Joel Tenney. How do we get the very large and organized uh, evangelical community to even know about any of this? Well, that's a very good question. I'm doing my part with my platform uh, and the connections that I have to make the cause of the Armenians known to the best of my ability. But we're dealing with uh, a few different things. If we go back 100 years, Vic, uh, the Near East Relief Fund or the Near East Foundation, as it's probably known now, they were very involved with the Armenians and saved thousands of orphans, um, had brought them to Damascus, Syria, and to Beirut, Lebanon, and they taught them English and did whatever they could to, to help them. My ex Actually, my great-grandfather gave to that organization. His name was Eli Baker from Los Angeles, and no doubt had connections with Armenians at this time. I only found this out last year after I had been helping Armenians for two years. This was told to me, you know, it runs in your blood to help the Armenians. Your great, great grandfather took care of the Armenians during 1920 with the Near East Relief Fund. And uh, they did a very, very, very good job at making the issue and the plight of the Armenians known. And yeah. actually, I have documentation from 1920 of all these various denominations that had signed on board with the Near East Relief Fund to give over a million dollars to the Armenians uh, that were refugees in Damascus and in Lebanon. I have all this documentation. So at one point in American history, the plight of the Armenians was something that was known to almost every American just 100 years ago. I mean, that's hard to believe. Right. But we have to understand that Taft was pro-Armenian. Wilson was pro-Armenian. 
And these two former presidents did a lot to advocate for the Armenian people. So the, the cause was actually something that was highly publicized. Um, and the Near East Relief Fund did a very good job. Uh, so many people that are alive today were can uh, attribute their, their lives uh, being here due to the work that the Near East Relief Fund did, the progress that they made with their great-great-grandparents and saving their lives in the Syrian desert. But today, why do we not see uh, an outcry among denominations uh, here in America, especially evangelical ones? Um, that that question you know, remains unanswered. How can we go about uh, raising awareness well and getting them to sign on board? Well, there needs to be a lot more advocacy, to be honest. And that's one of the biggest things that I see. I am one of two uh, evangelical ministers that I know of that are the what you might call ODARs for Armenians, outsiders that are actually advocating and working for the Armenian people and sacrificing a lot to do so. The, the other minister, his name is Jacob. He lives in Armenia. He was a missionary in Turkey for a long time. But there aren't many. I mean, the, and it could be there's a lot more that I just don't know of, Vic. But really, um, I feel like if they were out there and vocal enough, I would know of them by now. And for three years, I really haven't seen any mainstream pastors or evangelists really advocating for the people. So I think it takes advocacy. I think it takes the work that I'm doing with speaking to these pastors. We got uh, a very good pastor, Josh Adkins. He's also an evangelist. He did a, you know, a live broadcast with me over an hour covering yeah. the whole issue i mean from the genocide in 1915 to 1923 to the present i think he did a phenomenal job yeah that was a really good show i really enjoyed it yeah so that's that's the kind of work it, that it takes so i'm using my connections with the pastors that i know and informing them and to be honest i'll say this right here and right now there are pastors that i have reached out to that have completely ignored, for whatever reason, they've ignored my request for help. They re ignored my request for speaking out, for advocacy, for support. And these pastors have never been known to ignore me before. Mm. So to see this, it's kind of disheartening. What do you think it is? Well, I think what it comes down to is the ignorance of many evangelical leaders today. Uh, there's... There's almost a um, I wanted to I want to be careful how I word this, but uh, in in the evangelical world, uh, there is a prevailing belief that the Catholics and the Orthodox are not Christian. Now, mm -hmm. this is very interesting because, for example, they will view them as idolaters for having icons. Uh, so they try not to mess with the Orthodox or the Catholics because they don't understand icons or veneration of saints or any of these other things, or sacraments. I mean, let's be honest, the evangelical community has a very differing theology than the Orthodox and the Catholics. And um, I think that's one of the reasons for that is because the evangelical church is, has been so separated from history. I mean, the Armenian Orthodox Church goes back to the apostles. The Orthodox and Catholic churches go back to the apostles. So a lot of the differences are just problems that we have because we haven't figured That's out our I'm theology. That's why I'm smiling, because how do you how do you <laughs> tell the first people who, who took Christianity on and built the first churches that they are 
they're not really a Christian. They're kind of, it's, I, you know, I mean, I've heard I that I had before. an eye-opening experience with a Greek Orthodox priest in Corinth, um, or Corinthos, Greece. He said, how is a Protestant pastor going to tell me uh, what the original text says when I am Greek and I can read the original text? <laughs> uh, that's a good one, yeah. Um, but I think that's one of the big issues. So a lot of my advocacy for the Armenian people has been centered around the Armenian church and explaining the traditions of the Armenian Apostolic Church to the evangelical uh, base, uh, explaining what they believe, but not just what they believe, why they believe what they believe. So in essence, I've had to become somewhat of an orthodox theologian and scholar just to explain why they practice what they practice and how the majority of their beliefs and tradition are rooted actually in the Bible. And so the majority of the qualms that the uh, evangelical base has with the Orthodox Church, it's simply due to the fact that they lack understanding. They lack understanding. It's one thing to know what somebody believes. So, for example, you can say, well, the Orthodox believe in praying to the saints or asking for the saints to intercede. And the problem for evangelicals is that the saints are dead, right? Um, but it's another thing to not just know what they believe, but why they believe that. Okay, yes, they believe that, but why do they believe that? They have to have a logical reasoning for doing what they do, right? It's got to be rooted and based in some sort of tradition or uh, interpretation of the Bible. And when we can understand why they practice what they practice, why they have the traditions they have, why they believe what they believe, and how it's rooted in Scripture scripture or tradition then there's a lot less prejudice and people can see clearly i believe most of the prejudices we have come out of ignorance if you're just joining us, this is The Blunt Post with Vic on KPFK 90.7 FM. I am your host, Vic Jarami. You are listening to my interview with uh, Joel Tenney, a, a remarkable reverend, evangelical reverend, who is also a human rights activist. Really? True. True. And that's how I see it. So the advocacy is kind of twofold. It's not just for the um, Armenians the ethnic Armenians, but it's it's for the Armenian Orthodox Christians. That's the other thing is, um, you know, I work with persecuted Christians in the Middle East, in Egypt. I've worked with the Coptic Church, uh, with the Iraqi Church, the Assyrian Church of the East. I've helped a lot of different people and have given to a lot of these persecuted Christians. And um, I, I just want to say that I think a lot of it, though we want to turn a blind eye to this reality a lot of this persecution is birthed out of a hatred for christians and, and what i was getting back to earlier uh the, the the ironic thing about the evangelicals is the evangelicals will support a country like israel for example um the, the jewish people in israel view evangelicals as idolaters because they uh believe in the trinity right Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So the Jews say, well, that's not monotheism. That's polytheism. You guys are idolaters. You worship multiple gods. 
And then we turn around, these evangelicals continue to support Israel, even though the Jews really don't like them. <laughs> and, and yet, I, I, this is the blunt post, so I'm going to be blunt, just say how it is. Um, and yet, these same evangelicals who continue their advocacy and support for Israel and are continuously spat on and, and treated uh, in a very unfair way by the Jewish people and called idolaters are turning around and calling these people that actually worship Jesus and have 2,000 years of Christian tradition idolaters without even seeking to understand why they believe what they believe. And so the work with getting the evangelical base to understand the Armenian church, its tradition, and understand that these are Christians that are being persecuted it's, it's, it's way harder, and a lot more work goes into that than anyone could realize. This, this takes hours and hours of study. I've committed my, myself to studying the Armenian church, its history, and the Armenian nation's history. And I could t t talk to you all day about the Armenian church, its history, the nation's history, the godfather, Hayek. Hayek was uh, light-skinned like me, blue eyes, red hair, you know, uh, when I go to Armenia, they say, you're the original Armenian, ah, because ah. Uh, they look more like me, they said. Before the invasion. Uh, yeah, the, the invasions of the Sassians, the, the Mongols, the, the uh, Zoroastrian Persians, the Ottomans, the communist, the Soviet Union, Stalin. Yeah. I know all the history of Armenia. I've studied it for three years. And I've done so so that I could be an even better advocate for the Armenian people. If you're just joining us, this is The Blunt Post with Vic on KPFK 90.7 FM. I am your host, Vic Jarami. You are listening to my interview with uh, Joel Tenney, a remarkable reverend, evangelical reverend, who is also a human rights activist. Well, I know I speak for a lot of people that we're super grateful to have you, Joel. It's just been one of a very few blessings. And what's the other word I want to use? Um, hope. Going through what Armenians have gone through in the last three years, especially in the last few months, but then watch you, uh, this guy from Iowa who doesn't have to get involved and spend all this money and energy and sacrifice. Uh, it's been it's been uh, it's been very powerful. Um, I'm, I'm super grateful. Uh, to you and your wife and your kids, because the sacrifice is made as a family. Um, and I'll say this, and, and then I'll ask you my last question. Um, one day, I think you should check out La San Lazaro Island off the coast of Venice, if you've ever uh -huh. heard of it. <laughs> Where... Yeah, I have heard of it. There's an Armenian seminary or church there. It's a monastery. Right? The entire monastery. island is a monastery where Lord Byron went and lived for four years and studied Armenian. And he, wow. one of the quotes attributed to him is, he said, uh, Armenian is the language with, with, with which to speak with God. Wow. And then the other last thing is, I'd love to be in Armenia with you and uh, go to Gerhard, Gerhard um, Monastery, which is uh, super, super spiritual. But um, I segued. Um, I want to give you an opportunity to is there a question I didn't ask that I should have or anything you want to add before we go? Yeah, I, I would just say this. I mean, for those who listen uh, to your program, it's crucial that we stand on the right side of history. 
I feel an obligation to stand on the right side of history. I, I've worked on a documentary film called Never Again, Armenia's Ongoing Genocide. You can look that up on YouTube. I'm coming out with a second documentary film, and many different Armenian filmmakers and photographers have contributed to this. And I also went to Armenia to film myself and uh, got footage of what was happening with the refugees in Gori, Salachin Corridor, and et cetera, et cetera. I, I want to urge all those who are listening to stand on the right side of history and to help these persecuted Armenians. There's a lot more that you can do. You can contact your elected elected officials, your senators, your congressmen. You can speak out on your social media pages. We're seeing ethnic cleansing on a mass scale, and we're seeing what I would call jihad. I think this comes back to a radical form of Islam. The same spirit of ISIS uh, is what these soldiers in the Azerbaijani military have towards the Armenians. And uh, Vic, I, I know you know this, but I've reviewed hours of, of footage of such atrocities committed not just to Armenian soldiers, but committed against the civilians living in Artsakh. It's sickening. It is unbelievable. It's atrocious. And, uh, yep. you know, I really, I really would appreciate people supporting me by supporting the Armenians. That's how you could support me. Absolutely. How can people Just be find vocal. you? You can find me on Facebook. I have a huge following on Facebook. I would say huge for, for Iowa. I have the largest, Iowa largest evangelist following. I have 11,000 on Facebook, which for a guy is pretty good. You can find me on Facebook or on TikTok at Alpha Numa Ministries. Um, also on YouTube, Alpha Numa Ministries. You can check us out there and uh, you can keep up to date with, with everything that's going on. And we'll be releasing that second documentary. It's called Art Socks Cry. You're not going to want to miss Can't it. Wait. Uh, Joel Tenney, for those of you listening, if you want to um, look up Joel on social media. Joel, uh, first, thank you for being blunt it's this was this is great this is definitely a pleasure i hope we can chat again soon this was the the very serious one but uh, thank you for everything that you're doing absolutely love you vic god bless you love you too thank you thank you joel for um for everything that you do and for the interview i truly appreciate it i appreciate your time and uh, i hope to uh, chat with you again soon, uh, perhaps a little bit on a lighter note next time. Before we go, I'd like to thank my producer, Ricky Herrera, without whom this show would not be possible, and KPFK, the station that brings you unfiltered and commercial-free news, opinion, and hopefully some inspiration. Thank you for joining me today on The Blunt Post with Vic. For more information, please visit thebluntpost.com. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Vic Jarami, at V-I-C-G-E-R-A-M-I. -E Thank you. The Blunt Post with Vic.